uh, not just gathering to talk about a message today that we're only going to hear here, but all of our community groups, as you came through, you saw lots of tables set up in the lobby. We're going to be commissioned at the conclusion to go and make those connections, but all of our community groups are going to be walking through these five weeks together. It's what we do as a family every year so that we make sure we uh, stay true to our identity and the, the five core things that we know God has placed in our heart is our deepest conviction. It all starts with love and that's what this week is about. We are outrageously loving people. And so we want to cultivate that on another level of revelation from Christ um, and it's His love in us that really begins to transform not only our lives but the world around us. So this week in, uh, in your community groups, we're inviting you to go and be a part of that and part of that discussion. Uh, it is really important that all of our church family walk that out together. In particular, those that are wanting to be a part of the church family, you've not yet become a member of the family, then we want to invite you to do that by walking out those 40 days, and then we'll have a welcome to the family uh, meal at the conclusion of that. And all that's on the back of your card. You'll see those dates, the chili, uh, boot camp, and the, all the things that are coming in the coming weeks. So, my question to you today as we get started, I just want you to think about the promised land. You know, we, we read about the promised land in Scripture and Israel. It was interesting. God brought His people out of the bondage of Egypt, broke them free out of the world system. How many of you glad you got broke free out of the world system, right? So we came out of Egypt, and then we passed through. Hopefully, you walked through baptismal waters. That was the first thing that the people of God did when they came out of the bondage of Israel. They passed through waters, through the Red Sea, and then they went on this journey to get to the promised land. And ultimately, they went through the waters a second time. That's why we don't mind if people are baptized more than once, if they kind of come to a place of understanding a deeper revelation of what's going on, then we invite you with that. We'll have our worship night, which will be also our baptism time at the end of our 40-day focus. But ultimately, the Israelites, the children of God, passed through the, the Jericho River at flood stage and went into a place of great promise. How many of you want to go into a place of great promise? How many of you know the place of great promise is a, a journey filled with pain? It's filled purpose, and it's filled with pain. And if you focus on the purpose, then you'll be willing to walk through the pain. But if you focus on the pain, many times you abandon the purpose. So really important that we understand this as we talk about this today and look at this, um, you know, your promised land. That's where the giants dwell, by the way. I just want you to know, I'm believing this is going to be an amazing year of great advancement, but you need to understand that's also an amazing year of tremendous warfare, but we don't have to get behind the eight ball, so to speak. We don't have to wait until the enemy comes our way. We can actually hear the Lord well in advance and prepare forces and release angels and step into the armor of God, Ephesians 6, and release the Word of God well in advance and bowl over the enemy before we even arrive. You believe that we have the power and authority to do that we are the family of God. We're the church that God has positioned in the earth to actually attack the enemy, to be on the attack, not just always on the defensive, but on the attack. And we're going to uh, really race into all God has in store. So my question to you as we get started today is when you think of your promised land, the promised land, we came out of bondage, going into the promise, are you living in your promised land? Is your life what you would describe as, I'm in the promise. I'm in the place of God's promise because I want us to go there. I want us to really move and make 
uh, motion in that direction in a productive, productive way. So that's why we're focusing in on these 40 days. We're trying to discover what's God speaking over the course of the year. Hopefully you've been asking the Lord, and, and most of you, I hope, would already have your New Year's revelation. It's wonderful to make a resolution, but discover your revelation, what's God stirring in you. Congregationally, as a family, we're focusing in on flourishing, but maybe individually you'll have another word that will be something you'll come back to in the way you seek God all year long. You're just constantly awakening that conversation that God wants to bring into your heart and into your life. And so the 40-day focus is kind of setting the tone for the beginning of the year to really be a foundation upon which the rest of the year will build. It's a new year. How many of you know in a new, in a new year you can discover a new normal and a new normal will produce a new you so that you then begin to experience a destiny and a place of promise that's beyond where you've ever been. Let's not waste another year with an old mindset that keeps us away from all that God wants to do in our hearts and our lives in months and in this year to come. Praise God. We're believing. So I want us to see and understand how this all relates with who we are, what we try to accomplish as a family together. But I want you to write it in on your first blank. It is never too late to be, don't be discouraged, it is never too late to be what you might have been. Never too late to be what you might have been. Don't resolve that you've missed it. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Your decisions determine your destiny. Isn't it amazing how God will always work with whatever we give him to deal with? He's amazing that way. He takes any level of ingredient of availability in our lives and produces something so amazing. But we simply have to pick up where we are and start with what we have and then watch God do what only God can do with whatever we place in his hands. And so I believe God wants to awaken us to a greater understanding of his purposes uh, I, I want us, in the course of this year, will you just agree with me for this, that I won't get up and say mouthfuls of words that seem to make sense and we miss the impartation that the Holy Spirit's wanting to make in our hearts, but we will gather together with the absolute expectation that when we come here, we're going to encounter the Savior together as a family and receive a deposit put in our heart. I love what Pastor Chris shared and the, the fire burning, and once you get that fire burning, it's like, well... <laughs> It's just going to have to burn a while now. This is what's happening when we're coming here. I've got a fire poker. It's called the Word of God. And I'm stirring, and the Holy Spirit's getting that fire going. And when we walk out of here, that fire doesn't go out. That fire continues to burn. And you and I have to learn. We have to pause to catch the fire before we try to burn in the life that God's called us to live. And you can awaken this within your own heart if you're willing to really walk it out. So five key things that we focus on in the course of these 40 days, and we come back to those same five things each year. Paul told Timothy, I think it's right to refresh your memory of the things that I know you know and you're firmly established in them. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to refresh you of those key core things. That's what Paul's words to Timothy were, and so I want to say that as well. Each year we want to bring this focus, and today we're talking about what it is to be outrageously loving. Not just loving, not just to have love, but outrageously loving. You might not know it, but uh, when you look at a study of uh, word development and when words came about and the history of words, I love to do that. I just think it's really interesting. I was astonished to find out that the word for the love that Jesus spoke of the love of God, the agape love of God, actually did not exist until Jesus came to introduce the concept of love in a way that the world had never known. 
Isn't that phenomenal? They had to invent a whole new word to express the level of love that Jesus was giving for, the, for humanity to experience. How many you know God is not just loving? God is outrageously loving. And that is exactly what he's calling us to, a place of love that the world simply cannot describe and understand. And when we allow his love to be established within us, then the world around us begins to be changed in wonderful ways. That's why we understand 2018, again, we are created to flourish. You are created by God to flourish. Now, I want to challenge you as you think about this word, this revelation for 2018, as we begin to flourish. So many times what happens, we hear a word like that, and then we try to take it and assign it to our life. And it's a natural response. I want my life to flourish. But I, I just, I, this last week as I was just praying into this and I've been praying over you and asking God to grant wisdom and revelation, I felt the Lord really challenge me on something and I want to bring that same challenge to you. Let's not just take this as a word that I'm going to digest into my own life that I might flourish. Let's take this as a weapon so that every relationship entrusted to our care will begin to flourish around us and we will leave the world a better place flourishing as a result of our lives and our connections and our our relationships with others. Come on, help me clap that in a little bit. We want to shake off any self-absorbed element in what God wants to do. Every revelation comes with a cross, and you can get a certain understanding of revelation without a willingness to die, but if you're going to go deeper, it's going to require some death on your own. You're going to have to die to yourself to really experience the resurrection revelation. We love, to, we love to celebrate the resurrection, but if there is no crucifixion, there can be no resurrection. And so God's constantly trying to take us deeper. And to go deeper, it requires a cross. And we have to be willing to embrace that and understand that. You and I are empowered to flourish. Not just so that our lives can be better, but so that lives around us that are those friendships and relationships that are entrusted to our care can really begin to be impacted. Psalms 92, 13 speaks of this word flourishing. It's not a real common word we read, but we do find it in Scripture. And I love this because it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. Those who are planted will begin to flourish. So there is a key to flourishing and producing fruit, and we understand this. Last week, we looked at two concepts that we saw, analogies in Scripture, both agricultural and architectural, and both of them required kind of a hidden foundation or root structure in both those elements for us to understand, for us to grow and become everything God's called us to become and produce everything He's called us to produce. Then we have to understand roots. We have to understand roots. It's very important that we understand roots. Roots are dug in. Roots grow deep. Roots, there, there are relationships that exist in this room, and, and they, they look a certain way on the surface, but there are deep roots that exist and extend for how many ever years we've known each other. We've grown deep together. We understand things about each other. The more we get to know each other, it's not just what's on the surface. I understand you from a deeper, more meaningful level when I'm spending time with you. That's what God wants us to develop as a family, where we get rooted together relationally, and we begin to produce a fruit that will really accost the plans of the enemy, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those around us together as the family he's called us to be. So we have to understand and recognize it's a temptation sometimes to pull up, uproot, because we get frustrated or even offended. So I want to just point this out, and if you write it in your blank, it's something that we will talk about more in the course of our groups this week. Uh, but God loves us with a perfect love. Had to invent a new word for him, for his love. God loves us with a perfect love. 
But the thing that is very important for us all to understand, God's family loves us with an imperfect love. Do you understand that? Because you need to understand that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to love you the way God loves you. I'll do my best, and the more I surrender to him, the better I'll be at that. But I'm imperfect, you're imperfect, we're imperfect. God loves you with a perfect love. He'll never let you down. Perfect love casts out all fear. You don't have to have any insecurity as you address and approach the throne room of God. What a wonderful, beautiful, loving Father we serve. Aren't you glad God loves us to invite us in? It's a wonderful place to know that his love will never fail. Will always exist and prevail in our lives, but that's not the kind of love we have for you. I wish it were, but I mean, let's be honest. I think that's one of the biggest problems we see in the church world today. There's not a lot of honesty about some of these types of things. We are imperfect, dysfunctional people, but we serve a perfect, fully functional God who wants to awaken a greater function within us. But if we keep getting upset because people aren't loving us perfectly, then we keep uprooting and we never bear fruit the way God wants us to bear fruit. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, welcome to our world where we're just family. Welcome to a place where it's not always going to go your way and and it's legitimately not going to go your way because somebody does you wrong. That's family. But we engage and move beyond those offenses that keep us, you know, I just think so many times we don't know how to deal with being offended, and so we live our lives disconnected. And God wants us to embrace each other. There are going to be times I'm going to say something, and you're going to say something, and we're not going to like it back and forth. But you know what? We're rooted together, and we grow beyond that. And I believe many times we're carrying these types of things in a realm of intercession that we don't even understand. We're dealing with little things here and there, not realizing it's an assignment God's placed within us and upon us that we might break forth into new dimensions all together. I'm fighting some of your enemies. You're fighting some of my enemies. We're rooted together. Let's stay connected. Let's refuse to be disconnected so that we're stronger. We go further, faster than we could ever go on our own. We need each other desperately. God loves us with a perfect love. We love each other with an imperfect love. Ephesians 1, is a beautiful portion of Scripture, well constructed in the message Bible. It says, Jesus is in charge of it all. I mean, no, that's true. (laughs) He is Lord. Jesus is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church is pretty important. At the center of it all, Christ rules the church. Verse 23, the church, you see, is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. You and I live in a society that tries to marginalize the body of Christ and move us to the outskirts of influence within our our culture. But I just say the kingdom of God is the strongest culture that will ever exist in our world. Let's stop allowing ourselves to have a marginalized disposition, move back into the center, rise up and take back some of the areas in our culture that need to be recovered in Jesus' mighty name. I believe we ought to be taking some ownership in some places of media and the arts and the various places that in many ways the church has abandoned and just said, you know, that doesn't fit our conventional mold. Let's take it back and declare in Jesus' mighty name, God wants us, the church, to have an impact in our world. 
The church is not peripheral to the world. You see, the world is peripheral to the church. And then it goes on. It says, the church is Christ's body. I love this. In which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. You and I are the church through which God speaks. How many of you know God speaks? We need to learn to hear his voice like never before. I'm just going to tell you, uh, I, my prayer, my prayer in this year, and I'm going to pray this, I'm just, I want to say it uh, and commit it to you, I'm going to pray this more aggressively than I have ever prayed a prayer in my whole life. I'll pray it more aggressively than I've ever prayed a prayer as your pastor praying for you. My prayer for you is going to be specifically in 2018 that God is going to begin to awaken a prophetic culture in your heart. God is going to begin to awaken a prophetic culture in your home that you and your children and your friends and the people around you are going to be more sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to the presence of God, and conversations are going to begin to be confirmations that God is speaking to all of us in the journey of knowing Him. That is my prayer. It's a mouthful, but I've been praying it so much, I've got it memorized now. And I'm going to have it down pat every step of the way, every single day. I'm going to declare this over you. You better be ready. Put your seatbelts on. Buy yourself a Holy Ghost helmet, whatever you have to do. You're about to hear the Lord in a way you've never heard the Lord, and God is going to bring great confirmation in your life. I said your sons and daughters are going to begin to prophesy. God's about to awaken the church. This world does not need our presence. This world needs God's presence. That's why every week when anybody stands up here and speaks, we always bring a conclusion that is a commission to a place of action, GP2RL. You ever see that around here and you wonder what it is? GP2RL. It's your action point. You'll see it on your form every week at the bottom. It's God's presence to real life. We bring God's presence to real life. That's what we do. We bring God's presence into real life. We bring God's, pre- God's presence into the workplace. We bring God's presence into the restaurants where we go and eat. We bring God's presence into the coffee shops where we show up for coffee. We bring God's presence into the community in every way and any access point that God has entrusted to our care, every relationship. I'm saying that you are not the only one God wants to flourish. He wants the lives around you to begin to flourish, and we need to be awakened to that reality everywhere that we go. The world needs the presence of God, and it is vitally important that we learn how to carry, be carriers of God's presence. I'm starting to journal some things, 2018 miracle conversations. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, but some amazing things have already started happening, and I'm going to journal them, date them. And two weeks ago, at our Christmas Eve service, it was a really amazing morning. And I just felt like God brought something so substantial that morning in so many ways. And perhaps you remember, uh, if you were here, near the end, I lost all composure, unlike anything I'd ever experienced in a ministry expression. I had to turn off my mic, turn around, and sob uncontrollably until I could regain my composure, and it was embarrassing. But God was doing something so powerful, I was absolutely overwhelmed. I just stood there sensing what he was doing in you, and that's what overwhelmed me. 
And I later found out Dana Davis, one of our group leaders, she had invited her father to church that morning. About three years ago, Dana's father, Dean, because of his unhealthy experience with the church in some situations that the church came across very uh, lacking authenticity and different things that had happened, he began to really step back from his, his sense of a, a, a draw to the church and didn't want to really have anything to do with it and determined at that point, I'm not even sure I believe in God anymore. So this three-year journey for this man, she invited him to the Christmas Eve service, and he had been injured in his back and hurting so badly that he couldn't even hardly walk, and so she didn't think he was going to make it to that service, but he made his way in because he knew she wanted him to be there. They sat right over here, and as, as he sat down in the chair, she said, I was just trying to offer support. I put my hand behind his back and was just trying to help him be comfortable enough that he might be able to pay attention during the service, and I'm there. And she said, when you turned around and began sobbing, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, tell your dad I'm going to heal his back. She said, I leaned over to my dad, who doesn't even know if he believes in God anymore, and says, God is going to heal your back. And she said, about that time, I turned around and said, hey, let's all stand. And as he stood, she felt and they heard his back pop, and he has been pain-free since that morning right here in this room. Come on, why don't you thank God? This is going to be a year of flourishing. This is going to be a year where God is at work in our situations. I can't explain everything that he's going to do. I can't understand all that God is going to do. But I'm going to tell you I have absolute expectation that God is going to rock our world in 2018. Are you ready to go there? I am ready to go there. I watched during worship as all of a sudden uh, Regan broke out of his, his worship mode back here, and, and he goes standing over at the corner, and he's trying to get somebody's attention on the, the prayer team, and, and we don't really catch, you know, the platform, and he's, he's got his cable on. Some people see Regan with that cable, and they think, thank God he can't get loose, but I'm going to tell you, he can get loose, and he got over there, and he motioned over, and I saw some of the prayer team came over and began to pray for him, and I know Kathy's back is in pain right now, and perhaps that's what you were asking for, Regan, but I felt the Holy Spirit say as I watched you stand over there, and you were shouting, and you were motioning, and, and the team was looking at the congregation, not, not realizing here until you finally got someone's attention, and they came over and began to pray, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. It's that passion that gets God's attention. It's that passion that opens the doorway. It's the man that says, I'll not take no for an answer. I will knock, and I will seek, and I will not bow down. And I would declare God is healing Kathy's back. God is taking care of some situations today. Come on, why don't you believe God for some supernatural release from heaven? In the mighty name of Jesus. We're agreeing. We're believing. We are declaring today in the name of Jesus. You're taking us deeper into the things of God. You are taking us deeper into your word, deeper into your presence, a greater awareness of your promptings in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your kingdom, Lord. Your kingdom. Your kingdom, God. 
We are outrageously loving people. We are outrageously loving people. That's just who we are. I want you to understand a little bit of the identity that God has assigned to us. There are some awesome churches in this community, but this is who we are. We want to be true to who we are. We want to discover every child that's ever born, it's God's plan for that child to be born into a family. There are people about to get born again in 2018, and they need a family. And we better know who God's called us to be because we're to be the family for some strategic people that God's going to help find their way into this place. I even had somebody uh, this week talking to me, and they said, you know, our community group, it's, it's grown, and, and we're, we're kind of big, and we're needing to multiply. Should we even really set up in the lobby? Because if more people start coming to our group, then we've got more people in, in, the, in the lobby or in our group that we, you know, are going to have to multiply even quicker. And, and, I, and I had just that morning read in, in the Scripture about how Elisha told the woman Go and get some jars, because the oil is going to flow until the jars are all full. And they went and got as many jars as they could round up, and the oil did not stop until the jars were completely full. And once they reached the capacity of their expectation, the oil was no longer flowing. And I'm just saying to you, we are expecting God to do something well beyond what we can imagine this coming year. Let's prepare for hundreds of people to come to know Jesus. Let's prepare for hundreds of people to walk in their anointing and the call of God. I'm believing. We are outrageously loving people. Will you say the statement with me if we can pop that up on the screen? There are five expressions, and each week we're going to talk about them. This week is outrageously loving. Next week is passionately pursuing. This is who we are. Let's say it together. We are outrageously loving people who passionately pursue the Lord with irrational giving lifestyles as we consistently commit, submit to God's desires and effectively disciple others to do the same. This is what God asks of us. We've been together, many of us, in roles of leadership for a long time. And over the course of time, we've tried to do a lot of things and I just want you to know, I personally have led the charge in misappropriating, uh, in misappropriating our identity, going off in the wrong direction in the name of the pursuit of success. And I'm sorry. I apologize, and I repent for that. But we're all on a journey, just trying to find our way. And we have come to resolve that we do clearly understand who God began to reveal that we were supposed to become, and we're going to become that more than ever this year than we ever have, and we did more last year than we ever had before, and every year we're going to get more laser-focused on really being the people God's called us to be and really changing the world God's called us to change. Are you in? Yeah. I am in. We're going there. See, the truth is God wants your life to flourish. God does want your life to flourish. God wants your life to be awesome. You're going to hear me say this a lot this year. It's utterly true. The truth is God wants your life to be awesome, but that truth comes with a trick. The truth is God wants your life to be awesome. The trick is God doesn't want you to pursue an awesome life for yourself. God wants you to provide an awesome life for others, and that's what will make your life so awesome. The truth is God wants you to flourish. 
But the trick is God doesn't want you to pursue flourishing for yourself. God wants you to provide flourishing in the lives of others, and that's what will make your life flourish. When you get your focus off of you, and, and I just want you to know, there, I, I've even uh, recently had a, a couple conversations where, where uh, it was communicated to me that I make people uncomfortable when I talk about money. I'm just going to tell you, welcome to the chamber of pain where the truth will set you free. And we will not shrink away from the truth no matter what. I love you too much to shrink away from the things God says in his word that you are supposed to own in your life. And we will go there. And I want you to understand that when we get uh, this understanding and this recognition that every time we increase, God calls us to the principle of the tithe, then what that does is it takes our focus off of ourselves and we take that that opportunity of giving, and we give that in to the storehouse where the kingdom is expanding. We're not in control of it, putting it here, putting it there. We just bring it to the storehouse, the place where we're spiritually fed. This is what happens. The Bible says this very clearly. Once we get that in order, and it's tough to get that in order. How many of you know this is not an easy thing I'm talking about? We sometimes talk principles and ideas as if they're really simple. This is, a, this is something you've got to wrestle through in your heart, and believe me, it is a matter of the heart, because where you your treasure is. That's where your heart will go. And the enemy wants you anywhere but to have your treasure and your heart wrapped up in the kingdom of God. So you've got to work this out on your own. But if every time you increase, you take and you give a tenth, a portion, a tithe of that increase into the storehouse of God, it breaks the spirit of materialism off of your life. and sets you, it sets you free into a place of selflessness so the kingdom can expand through your surrendered available life even more than ever before. This is why worshipful giving is so important. It's why we decided to make giving more of an expression of worship as opposed to a compulsion of buckets being passed to meet a budget. We want you to find giving stations and give online however you want to give it as a worshipful expression of your life. And when we do that, we then learn how to be a part more effectively of a move of God we become the move of God in our world, and we are empowered by God then to reach into people's lives, listen, before they have to suffer all the layers and layers of pain that this life can bring. You and I are here to rescue people from themselves in many instances as we introduce them to a Christ-centered gospel, a love where they then can be liberated from their own desires, their own passions. You and I all walk this out on an everyday basis, and it is the plan of God that we be free from us. How I many of you know Jesus came that we might deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him? Amen. We bring God's presence to real life. It's just a mindset, an attitude, a culture, whatever you want to say. It's a, it's a heartfelt perspective. We make it our mission to make a difference. So that's your action point this week. Your God's, we bring God's presence to real life action point of the week. Please think about this. As I'm saying this, think about who God is going to inspire you to think of this week that you're going to encounter. And make it your mission to enrich their life on this wonderful journey of loving Jesus and being mindful of others. That's what outrageously loving people do. So, 
I want to just explain something to you, kind of the landing strip, no pun intended with the airport video we're about to watch, but as we're kind of coming in, I want you to think about this because uh, I feel like so many times we need somebody to mentor us by modeling what needs to happen so that we get a picture. If we don't have the picture, then, and we not, we've not seen this model, then, then we sometimes, you know, come to some conclusions that, are, that aren't necessarily right. You can't put a puzzle together effectively if you're looking at the wrong lid. So we need to look at the lid of highly relational God who reaches into our lives and relates to us where we are. So I just want to give you a challenge this week to think about highly relational ways that you can improve the world around you. This guy uh, decided that there's just so much anguish in the airport that he, though he didn't even work with all the customers inside, he decided that he was going to try and bring some joy and some cheer to people that were coming through on his watch. He couldn't reach everybody, but this is what he did to reach those that would see what he was doing. So he went viral and like uh, been, you know, all kinds of views, great moves. Uh, because Brian and Lori are the community group uh, leaders of the week, I've asked if Brian, would you just demonstrate some of those moves you just saw on the screen? <laughs> so that might not be your spiritual gift, but whatever, whatever your gift is, whatever your relational connectivity is, then I encourage you, figure that out this week. Be highly relational, interested. That's the thing. He was simply interested in others. That's what made him so viral famous online. He simply thought, it's, I mean, you know, it's a drag to travel by plane these days. I mean, it can just be so overwhelming and frustrating. And he just decided, I'm going to do something to make this. A, I mean, if, that's, if we'll just figure out a way to make the world a better place. So maybe in your office, you have opportunities like this. To, um, to make a difference and help bring people into a place of greater joy and peace. I got you. <laughs> In case you didn't recognize, that was Scott Martin. And I just want to say, Scott, we love and appreciate you. You're such a good guy. He didn't know we were going to show that today and probably forgot that we had done that a while back. He was wearing shorts, obviously. Um, I have a Nerf gun, and sometimes I get bored, and sometimes I need to entertain others. It's all because I want to care for the needs of others. It has nothing to do with my enjoying shooting people with my Nerf gun. Um, but I can get away with that. Don't get yourself shot at work, by the way. Don't get yourself fired. That's what I'm saying. Be highly relational people who are engaged in the lives of other people and 
brighten their life like I did Scott's when I just about gave him another heart attack in his life. It was an incredible experience there in the, in the office that day. Barb really enjoyed it too, by the way. She was watching him as all that was taking place. So, you know, honestly, here's the thing. God's family, here we are. We're God's family. I mean, we're, I mean, no, we're not much. We're the best he's got. <laughs> I mean, we're not much, but we are the best he's got. We're the sons and daughters of God. And so what we want to do is simply respond and be who he's called us to be in the lives of those around us. We are God's family. We are the family of forgiven, dysfunctional people. Isn't that true? I mean, it just really alleviates a lot of pressure. We are the family of forgiven, dysfunctional people. So think about it. Our mistakes are frequent. Our love is imperfect, but we are still the bride of Christ. And even in the church's imperfection, our spiritual well-being is tied to our submission to her. We, we can't get God's blessing our way. The church is central. Jesus made it that way. Probably most, if not all of us in the room, have had thoughts of abandoning the church altogether because of the imperfect love of the church. I mean, there are so many people I talk to that have just, you know, gotten so frustrated with the church. The church, you know, I just, I've been hurt and injured by the church. And I understand the church is imperfect. We are forgiven, dysfunctional people. Our love is not perfect. God's love is perfect. Our love is imperfect. But we want to continue to walk that out together as a family and understand how we can all become more like Jesus as a result of our willingness to walk that out with him. So, Lord, I pray that you administer to us to be planted, rooted people that begin to produce fruit, and we become fruitful in many, many ways. In the name of the Lord, I thank you, Lord, that today as we gather together, there are so many things that I know are in your heart for this coming year. I believe there are stories of celebration that will bring us to our feet and praise in many uh, Sundays to come as we declare, Lord, all that you are doing in our midst. Help us to cooperate with that and be a part of that. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, Jesus, that we might have life to rescue us from the sin of humanity. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Messiah who came. And when we accept him, we then step into a place of being spiritually alive. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you agree with that prayer, you declare Jesus is Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord of this place. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Why don't you give him a shout of praise and a celebration right now? Jesus is Lord. We honor this King of kings, this Lord of lords. Help us, Lord, to be more what you have called us to be. In the name of Jesus.